Have you ever heard Zig Ziglar's infamous story about the pump? It became his signature talk, and today the pump is part of Ziggler's iconic brand as a result. So you need to know the analogy first, and in this episode, we also cover the need for your business to have a brand like the pump, something it's known for and people want to associate with. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, a top-ranked all-time career podcast in Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this show, we expound on Zig Ziggler's be, do, and have philosophy, meaning you have to be the right kind of person, then do the right things before you can expect to have what really matters in life. And we want you to have what matters. Also, check out my podcast, What Drives You, where we talk with people who have reached impressive achievements to ask what drove them, good and bad. And we dig into the very motives that drive us all with the goal of clarifying just what is driving you. Then in my True Life podcast, we want to get you fully functioning physically so your body doesn't hold you back. You can find all three of my shows in Apple Podcasts. Just search for Kevin Miller or go to my website, kevinmiller.co. And if you're new to The Ziggler Show, I invite you to visit ziggler.com. Connect with Tom Ziggler and the Ziggler family about upcoming events and how they can come alongside you and help you inspire your true performance. So in regards to Zig Ziglar's story about the pump, I asked listeners, for anyone who has started a business, how would you describe the amount of effort you put in from inception until you made the first dollar? We got a lot of replies testifying, of course, to the big effort their businesses needed on the front end. And I read a few comments and then Tom and I talked through the need for perseverance in our efforts, but we segmented it out to include the reality that sometimes we do need to change tactics, staying committed to the overall effort, but change the methodologies that may or may not be working. And then we spent a bit discussing the power of the pump as an icon for the Ziggler brand and how you can and should harness such a brand hook for your business. So coming up first here, I'm going to play Zig Ziglar's classic story of the pump. It's about a four minute clip. Then Tom Ziglar and I are going to expound on that analogy as it relates to business in today's world and culture. Got a couple of good friends down in South Alabama. Years ago, they lived there. Their names were Bernard Haygood and Jimmy Glenn. One day, they're out riding through the South Alabama foothills. It was a hot August day. And as they were riding along, Bernard was driving. They got awfully thirsty and uh, saw this old abandoned farmhouse. And uh, Bernard pulled in behind the farmhouse and looked over there. And sure enough, there was an old pump. And he hopped out of the car and ran over. And he grabbed the handle of that pump and he started to just as a matter of curiosity, how many of you have ever used one of these old fowls? Oh, oh, look at that. That's Fanday. That's well, he'd been pumping a few minutes, and he said, you know, Jimmy, you better get that old bucket over there and dip some water out of the creek. We're going to have to prime this pump a little bit. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say prime the pump? Well, to prime the pump simply means you got to put something up here before you can expect to get anything out of the uh, pump itself. That's really one of the stories of life, isn't it? So many people stand in front of the stove of life, and they say, now, stove, you give me some heat then I'll put the wood in you. So many times, uh, the employee goes to the employer and says, give me a raise, and then I'll start coming to work on time. Give me a raise, and then I'll start doing what you've been paying me to do. So many times, the student goes to the teacher and said, teacher, if I flunk this course, my mama's going to skin me alive. 
give me a passing grade this quarter, and I'll guarantee you next go-round, I will really study. What they're really saying is reward me, and then I'll perform. But that is not the way life works. Can't you just imagine an old farmer saying, Lord, it's true I didn't plant a thing this year, but if you'll give me a big crop, Lord, next year, I'll plant more than anybody in this whole county. I absolutely guarantee you that is not the way you work. First of all, you put something in before you can honestly expect to get something out. Well, it's August, it's hot, and old Bernard is working up a, a real sweat, you know, and he's just a pumping away. And finally he says, you know, Jimmy, I just don't believe it's any water down there. Jimmy said, ah, oh, Bernard, uh, this is South Alabama. And in South Alabama, the wells are deep, and we're glad they are, because the deeper the well, the cooler, the cleaner, the sweeter, the pure, the better taste in the water. And, uh, you know, old Bernard with dust are working, and he's sweating more and more. And how much pumping are you going to do for a drink of water? And finally he just threw up his hand. He said, Jimmy, there just ain't any water down there. Jimmy said, don't stop, Bernard, don't stop, don't stop. If you do, the water goes all the way back down, and then you're going to have to start all over. We'll never know how much good work is lost because somebody doesn't do just a little bit more. How many times did we as students, when we were in school, we would be given a difficult problem, and we'd work on it, no results. We'd work on it, no results. We'd work on it, no results. And we'd go to the teacher and say, Teacher, there's no solution to this problem. I mean, you've given us a phony here to test us. And the teacher just kind of smiled and said, Give it another shot. And you gave it another shot. And all of a sudden, what had been such a mystery before becomes crystal clear. A lot of times, just a little more effort really is all that we need. One thing we do know, and that is that if we pump long enough and hard enough and enthusiastically enough, that eventually the effort is going to be followed with a reward and the water will start to flow. And once that water starts to flow, all you need is a little good, steady effort and you'll be getting rewards that are absolutely unbelievable. Have you ever noticed this? When things are bad, they get worse. When they're good, they get lots better. And it has nothing whatever to do with what's going on out there. It has everything to do with what's going on right here. You know what I love about this story? I love the story of the pump because it's the story of life. It has nothing to do with your age or education. Nothing to do with whether you're black or white. Nothing to do with whether you're male or female, old or young. Nothing to do with whether you're introvert, extrovert, educated or uneducated. It has everything to do with your God-given right as free people to work as long as you wish, as hard as you wish, and as enthusiastically as you wish to get the things out of life that you really do want. One of the basic problems is the fact that an awful lot of people, when they tackle a new project, they'll say, well, I'll just kind of give it a little try. I mean, uh, if it works out, uh, that'll be good. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, you know, uh, that's okay too. I mean, nothing ventured, uh, nothing gained. Well, let me tell you something. When you get into something, you need to, to really get after it until you get that water to flowing then that steady effort is what's going to make the big difference. All right, Tom, we have an agenda to get to on this talk, but I wanted to do justice to some good, good responses and uh, address those. You ready? You're ready. Okay, you got your mouth full of water. All, <laughs> all right. Uh, Terry Johnson said to this question, I remember this so clearly. Uh, now, I know Terry. He's, uh, he lives in Australia. He's got an insur a life insurance business. I love his story because he came into life insurance because he experienced what life is like when somebody, when the 
provider for the family dies without life insurance. So he's uh, he's the guy you want as your provider because he is fervent about it. Uh, he's a believer. Uh, he said, so I remember this so clearly when I first started my business, his insurance business, I engaged with a referral partner whose office was located three hours from my office. I was, or it was an overnight stay whenever I went there. I visited them each a couple weeks for almost, he actually says fortnight. Uh, maybe that's an Australian thing. I had to look up what a fortnight is. It's two weeks. So I'm going to start using that with my kids. If it's two weeks away, it's a fortnight guys. <laughs> so I visited them each fortnight for almost six months to build trust and credibility via visibility uh, with that referral office, with the bosses and the staff there, it was brutal and tested me. They eventually tested me with a couple small tests and test cases, and I proved my worth. Then the floodgates open. I got to keep turning up and be consistent if you want proper long-term business success. It may take a while, but just keep showing up, be resilient, and above all, keep asking the question. I like that. That's real world yeah. it, it doesn't get better than that yeah i mean the, the bottom line is we have an instant rice mentality in our world today yes we do and savvy business people men and women who've been around the block a few times who built relationships the right way the first test is how long are you going to keep knocking on my door because why would, I, why would I give you a treasure not knowing your grit, your resilience, your staying power, your commitment, your follow through? And so a lot of times in order to earn the opportunity, really the first test you got to pass is, hey, I'm showing up every time I say I'm showing up until I earn the right. And then when you give me the little test, I'll be there to perform. So, yeah. and it's, you know what else, Kevin, is this is a way that doesn't take a high IQ. It doesn't take any skill set of specific technical training. It doesn't take anything other than uh, a relentless pursuit of following through. Mm-hmm. And, and that's an attitude. That's a choice. That's a discipline. Okay. Well, let's just let the cat out of the bag of what I wanted to get to, because you kind of hit towards it right there in that I mean, we know, you know, who was it? Churchill never, ever, 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 ever quit. And, you know, we have books like grit and we have, you know, these Navy seals, like, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Goggins and, you know, Jocko and this, this mentality. And so we hear that and I get it. And I mean, you and I have businesses, I've done this, I've done the pump. You sitting there and banging away like in Zig's clip a minute ago. Uh, having faith that it is going to work out and knowing it takes so much. And we did have so many people. I mean, Brandon Russell, he says, yeah, the most effort was from inception to the first dollar. We did eight months worth of research and testing before our first customer. Jennifer, I did research for a month, then searched for the real estate, bought it, hired renovations three months before we actually even opened you know, the door. So we had a lot of people, of course, respond to that, that of course, there's so much effort. Now you got a lot of effort to grow the business and whatever after that, we can talk about that in a second, but so we get that, we get that, you know, you got to persevere, you got to do it. And I like what you said, we're in this instant rice, you know, this microwave culture and it, maybe it makes it harder. I think I would say as a culture, we're more impatient like that. And there's so many business opportunities, as you know, with a low barrier to entry. 
right? I mean, we're not all going, okay, I'm going to start a business and you got to go build, you know, take out a huge loan, build a building and stock it and staff it and whatever. A lot of people, man, you can start business with hardly anything electronically like that. So got to persevere, got to have grit, got to push through. But then the real world issue hits and you've been there and I've been there and we'll be there again of going, okay, am I pumping away? Because I know it takes a lot of work. I got to stick with it. I'm going to have faith because, well, I'll just, I'll just own it because I've also done that and realized the reason I'm not getting any water is because I'm doing it wrong or, you know, the idea is not legit. You know, maybe the concept is, and I shouldn't quit on it, but man, the way that we came to market, how about starting there? I mean, you and I have both either done it or seen it. I've, I've both come to market with something and we got it wrong. And so I guess, you know, we're holding that. So I'm going to stick to it, man. I do need to change. I I need to quit banging on that pump maybe and find another pump. Is that a fair analogy? hundred percent. And, you know, and at Ziegler, we have a performance formula that I love and it, and it will apply to this situation. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're starting something new. You're going to want to attack it full on around attitude, effort, and skill. Mm Mm-hmm. It can't just be one of the three or two of the three. It has to be all three. If you're out there saying, you know what, I'm going to knock on more doors. I'm going to make more phone calls. I'm going to talk to more people than anybody in the history of the world. And it's all effort, effort, effort. Then it's going to be hard. You might be knocking on the wrong doors, right? You might be using the wrong skill when you get there. Your attitude's going to go up and down based on the last time you knocked on a door. If you're going to go the whole attitude route, hey, I'm going to be the most optimistic, upbeat person they've ever been around. You know, they're going to they're going to enjoy the conversation, but you can't answer their tough questions or you're not talking to enough people a day. Yeah. Good luck and skill. It's what do I need to master to be a top notch professional in this industry? And here's something else. Who else has already done it in this industry who I can seek out and learn from? Yeah. Right. So I got to do all of those. And so what happens then? Well, your activity level is high. Your efforts high. You're maintaining your attitude with input and then you're learning stuff every single day. So every time you make another attempt, you're at a different level, but you're also bouncing your results off of other people who've been there and done that. And you're reading the industry information. You're reading what's working and what's not working. You know, you're, you're finding that out. And people don't like that because what people like to buy is leads that they call and they're actually customers. <laughs> There's no such thing. People don't mind calling uh, people ready to buy. They just don't like calling somebody who might have an, uh, might be capable of the, of the purchase, but don't even know they need it. Yeah. Right. So it's, I like coming at it from that same thing. And then here's the great uh, wisdom in this. What you're really becoming is an expert in relationships, a fantastic communicator, and you're getting on the inside of whatever your passion is in that industry. And let's just say, you, you made a bad um, logical choice in the beginning. You thought A would work and you prove over the next year that it doesn't work. Well, you're a completely new and different human being, so you can adjust. It's not like you 
it's not like it's for nothing because you learn so much in that process. I think whether it's Richard Branson or any other person who we all look up to as this huge, successful, um, constant entrepreneur, they'll tell you they learn more in the ones that didn't work than the ones that did. So the danger is doing nothing. The danger is sitting on your hands. The danger is settling for what's easy rather than what you're built for. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what I wanted to hit on. I mean, because this analogy, of course, is great. We see so many people give up. Uh, and that's, I know what Zig was talking about, but if we look at business efforts, I, that's, that's what I've learned in the decades of doing business. I now go out and launch and I'm always optimistic. I can't not be optimistic that we're going out. We have done our homework. We feel like and sought counsel and we go out and boom, launch and make the offering. And that's where I'm questioning the, you know, do we keep, do we, we make the offering in this way, right? If we don't see results, keep going and give it a reasonable amount of time. And maybe that's worth discussing. What's a reasonable amount of time, which is going to you know depend on the business, but we do that. And if we're not getting results, we don't quit on the business. We keep pumping, but we may, gosh, what's a good analogy? Shift arms, you know, one arm gets tired, shift the other arm, turn the pump around the other way, prime it again. Um, uh, you know, we could play with the analogies. Maybe you've got one that's better, but I now come into business with kind of a phase one. I'm a big fan of that. Okay. Phase one, we're going to do this. And generally, and I you know we're talking small business, come in with, okay, we're going to, you know, put the investment in this, but let's, let's, let's be careful. I mean, I used to, we, we've talked about that Tom before where, you know, how many, especially in the past, how many business cards and letterhead did ended up, you know, as kindling for the fire. <laughs> I mean, it's, that is tragic, you know, and the stuff that I did in the past, oh my gosh, the money I spent on, getting everything ready for this big rush. And then you put it out there and it's crickets. And I've learned now to minimize my investment. Let's come out. Now we're committed, but let's come out and be flexible with how we come out. Let's see how it goes. And if it doesn't produce, then let's shift. I mean, this is kind of your AB testing, you know, that people have gotten used to more online. That's hard to do when you create, you build a new restaurant, you have your menu, you have your tables and you open the door. If nobody comes in, you don't just easily change everything, a new menu, a new, uh, atmosphere, a new, whatever. But for most of us in the online world, and even, even there, there's things you can change. How did you promote it? Who did you promote to? Uh, we can look at that. So again, we're, we're going to keep pumping over here, but the, what do we say, Tom, the methodology of how you're pumping can definitely, I think that's what we need to be ready for is yeah, be ready to shift though. Even there you need to watch out. I have been, um, I have been, uh, I was going to say accused. That's such a bad word, but I am too quick to change. I'll come out. We put it out there. We don't get results. We don't get results. I'm, I'm ready to change something. My wife calls it rearranging the furniture. I'm ready to rearrange the furniture immediately. And, and I've had people go, whoa, 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 you haven't even given it time. Come on now, you know, just keep pumping there. So I need to, I need to have it there. So maybe there's a relevant, I think there's a relevance to, you know, coming out with your, let's say your business, your initiative, you're committed to it. You're going to see it through. 
you've got grit, you've got determination, you're going to do that and you're going to pump and you're not going to quit, but you may change the direction of your pumping. Is there a better analogy, Tom? Wow. You know, it's what you're really saying in, in somebody, a business consultant, uh, we were talking and he said, you really need to tie this down to the metrics. Okay. And I said, okay, what do you mean? And he said, well, that solution sounds good, but how do we measure it in business? Well, if you're building a business or you're starting a sales career, what are your metrics? What are the, we call them IPAs in the book, Choose to Win. What are your income producing activities? How many, how many phone calls are you going to have to make in order to get a presentation and in order, you know, in order to set an appointment to do a presentation? Then how many presentations are you going to have to give before you get a buy or you know, if you've got an online business, you know, how many, you know, how many dollars are you going to have to spend on ads until you figure out one that drives traffic who take a look? And then how many people take a look and do nothing versus, you know, do the trial or buy or whatever that situation is? You've got to know your metrics before you start. You've got to know, OK, I'm going to I'm going to make this amount of calls and you're going to track it. And so you then you determine, hey, am I getting the right people there? Am I giving the right message when they get there? And when they say, I want more information, are they the qualified person I wanted at the end of the day? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so uh, one of the things I learned from Howard Partridge, our, our partner in our small business coaching, he works, he's, a, he's like, a, he is the one of the best marketers I know. I had this same situation. I'm like, hey, let's, let's do this and this and this and this. And he goes, you're going to make five changes on that. And I go, yeah. He goes, no, we're going to make one change and see how it performs against the last one. Yeah. You need to know, are we getting, are we getting closer to the bullseye or further away? If you make five changes and it works out great, you don't know which of the five was the game changer. And sure. you don't know, and you don't know if you let go of something that you should have kept. That's true. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of people, they just go at it, they go at it, but they don't have the metrics. They don't know, they don't catalog the work they did to get the result. Um, we were talking before we started the show. I don't know why, but, you know, prospectors and metal detecting and panning and all the stuff that people go and find gold do. Well, if you watch any of that stuff, they'll always, you know, they'll find a place that looks like it's promising They'll do some sample uh, dirt out of it. They'll pan it and they'll see how much gold they get by weight. And so they'll say, how much gold did I get out of this per whatever the unit is? And if it reaches a threshold, they keep looking there. And if it doesn't, they try somewhere else. Yeah. But they've got the ratio. And so you've got to know the ratio. So whatever you're trying to break into, there are people who you can find and reach out to in the same business you're in, maybe in a different market, who you can get on the phone and, and, and pick their brain and build a relationship with, who can probably give you some good direction. You are listening to The Ziggler Show and this episode about the pump. Next, I continue on with Tom's discussion of metrics and share a business launch story that didn't produce huge results. But when I went to start fiddling with the webpage, realized that was the wrong metric. There was a venture I did 
not too awfully long ago, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say, where we did the promotions, we put it out there and didn't get the results we want. I was ready to go, as my wife said, rearrange furniture, uh, change the website. And then I remembered just what you said, met- metrics. And we checked with the website, Google Analytics, whatever, and realized it's not the website. or We don't even know that it's a website because we just haven't gotten many people in there. We got to go upstream there to the ad, to the promotion. And so to what you said, Tom, yeah, the metrics is so key. And again, we've got so many people, the majority, no matter what your business is, it's going to start at least online, if not out to only exist there. And the metrics are there. I mean, you can see uh, and gauge that and be able to know quicker. I, it's good that you put, the, put that out there. You can know quicker where you need to shift uh, for sure. So yeah, I think we've kind of delineated here that they're shifting in how we're doing the offering and what we're doing here, though, back to the core message of Zig of keep pumping though and not leave it. And we've seen again, so many, and I'm afraid that, yeah, the price of entry being so low that people can go out there and they can just, uh, they can put an effort in, not get the results and they just quit. Now I do like the ability to try though. I mean, I don't want to dissuade people from trying, uh, there. And I appreciate that the internet allows us to, without a huge investment, go out there and try something. And I do want people also to realize as you're doing that, there's been a lot of people, Tom, I'm trying to think if I have a personal example for myself and I'm not sure that I do, but I've seen a lot of people who get out there and put something out there and regardless of whether it even works, they just learn about themselves and realize, you know what, this isn't quite all what I thought it would be. And I want those people, sometimes I'll see them stick though. I think, well, I've invested enough, kind of like the college degree thing, right? I got my degree, so I might as well do this career the rest of my life. Man, that's dangerous too. So be, I'd say be aware of, of that piece of yourself within it as well. But, you know, the, uh, the Tom, I've got a, I don't know if you remember, I've got an old pump, uh, the full yep. size. It was literally, this is, this is destiny. It was literally left on the property when we bought it. When we bought the prop, bought my property up here in the Rocky Mountains, it had an old camper and a well had been dug. So it had a wellhead. And I don't know if the guy had intended to or whatever, but it had this old red pump. And you've been to my dad, Dan Miller, to his place, the sanctuary. He's, I remember a picture of you with that pump. One of the most, you know what? That's actually worth a, just a quick deviation here on the subject is having a, I mean, Zig knocked out of the park with a classic, we call it a prop, but it was really a brand. He created a brand with that pump. I mean, today it's part of the Ziggler logo. Uh, I mean, that pump, it was, it got me thinking about, I wasn't really thinking about talking about it for this show, but it got me thinking about, do we, for our efforts, have a brand? Now, when people talk about, I gotta, I gotta preface that because my brother, Jared on Gaza, who's a branding expert, he's going to be upset with me if I just say a brand is a logo, because it's not. It's not just your image. It's your whole feel. It's your whole uh, ethos. It's what you are about that people understand of you and what they want to associate with or not. So the brand is huge. But uh, what do we call this? The, the, a, a graphic, an image. I mean, we all know the Nike logo, right? I mean, they don't have to even write the word Nike anymore. Anymore, It's just a logo. Now, you may not end up with a, a business that big that needs brand neck recognition to that point. But it is important to go, gosh, is there anything memorable 
is there a hook about my business? I mean, we know Apple has the Apple and it's hard. I'm trying to think of, can you do justice to a smaller example than some gigantic company that we all know the brand of? Gosh, I'm trying to think here in my local, my local area. There was one I saw recently. I think it was at the farm. It was the farmer's market, my local farmer's market that my kids have had a booth in. I keep meaning to do a show about it. Anytime I post about it, people ask about it. But my kids, part of the formation of their existence is farmer's market. And uh, they have a logo there that we know. You recognize it anywhere. Does your business have a hook, an, a visual hook, any kind of a hook, even a, an audio hook like Ziegler does with the pump? I know it's a little bit of a deviation, but it's an important one. Yeah. So let me add on to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll talk about the, the pump as a story and how it aligns with passion. Okay. So I was reading the story of a young uh, businesswoman who was raising money for a nonprofit endeavor. I, I, had, I think it had something to do with water wells. And she had this business plan, and it was ingenious. And she was going to raise money, and she kept getting turned down, and she didn't know why. Because it, everything she did was made sense, right? I mean, the, the PowerPoint presentation, the numbers, everything was just fantastic. So she calls one of her mentors and they said, well, share with me the last presentation. What'd you go over? So she, she did it. And he said, stop. Why are you doing this? And then she gave some gobbledygook and he said, no, why did you start this business? And then uncork the passion. And he said, next fundraising, tell them why you do this. And they'll ask all the other questions. Yeah. Okay. So at Ziggler, our brand is the pump. It's, and so anytime you see a gold pump pen on somebody, that is a Ziggler legacy certified speaker, trainer, and coach. That's, that's who it is. But here's what's interesting. People will ask you, what's that pump? Are you in the oil business? You know, probably half people say that. The other half say, huh, that looks familiar. Is that Ziggler or something? Or what's the story behind that pump, right? They all say the same thing. And then everybody knows that you start the conversation off this way. Well, the story of the pump is the story of life. Have you ever used an old-fashioned water pump? And about half of the people over 40 will say yes, and the rest of them will say no. Well, great. In order to do an old-fashioned water pump, you know, it gets water out of the ground. You got to prime the pump. You got to put some water in to get some water out. Life is the same way. You got to put something in to get something out. Yeah. Okay. And so what happens is in the telling of the story, it ignites the passion inside. And remember, people are buying you. No matter what you sell, yeah. the first purchase is you, right? <laughs> Unless they come in and they're dying of thirst and there's one bottle of water in the whole city and you've got it, right? Right. They're probably, right. We're probably buying the water. But most of what we do, they're buying us. Yeah. And so when we talk about our, our, you know, how long do we pump? If we pump long enough and hard enough, eventually 
the fruit will come forth, right? The water will start to flow. It's not only how long you pump, it's the passion with which, with which you pump. It's, it's like, if you've ever been to a place where there's people shining shoes, you know, there's the shoe shine person who uh, doesn't make much noise. And then there's the person over there popping and whistling and doing all that. Yeah. Right. Does the, is the shoe shine any better because of the popping and whistling? No, it's all, it's all the show, but it attracts attention. And if somebody's popping and whistling, they're probably smiling. And if they're smiling, they're probably attractive, right? You want to be around that. Yeah. They're marketing. And so a lot of what we do, we get really wrapped up in the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And, and it, you can't do that. So I will even, I will take my pump pen and I will turn it sideways when I'm around people. And they will look at it and they'll tilt their head and they'll go, oh, your, your pen's not straight. And they'll lean in and they'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for mine. I've got it back here behind me somewhere. <laughs> so what does that what does that do? It lets me tell the story. Yeah. Right. Now, what's cool is sometimes the person who's fixing it is already there. They're a Zig fan. They're a customer. But there's usually other people around them who aren't. So I get to tell the story and I've got an audience. And so that's that's next level. That's where you take it to the next level is not only do you have the right attitude, but you also do the right effort and you are constantly working on your skill as you prime the pump, as you grit, right? As you have resilience, as you go through the day. But the pump taps into the water and remember the water flows from the heart. It flows from the passion yeah. of what you do. And so you never want to lose that. Well, I'm grateful for these conversations because they go directions that we weren't intending. And this is one there that pump represents something for Ziegler that people want to associate with. And it's so great for us to think about with our business. Uh, I doubt many people listening have not at this point heard of Simon Sinek, who wrote the book, Start With Why, gosh, a decade ago. It's still one of the top all-time watched TED videos. If you by chance have not seen it, type in Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, and uh, actually just probably just type in his name. You could type in why, but you'll find the video, the TED Talk that he did, but it's knowing not just what your business does, but why, and to think about what do you have as a part of your business that represents that why that people want to associate with. And on that, I want to bring up, we had John, I'm not quick enough to pull it up. We had John Rulin, R-U-H-L-I-N on the show. It's probably been a year or two ago. And he has a book called Giftology, Giftology. The guy is a master of repeat and referral business. And one of the things he also talks about, though, is because I wanted to bring the pump back to kind of the aspect of with your business, would someone wear the T-shirt? Do they want to be associated with your business? Would they wear the T-shirt? And we all know that people who wear the Nike hat with the Nike symbol. Well, why are they promoting Nike? Well, they want to be associated with the, you know, the just just do it. I grew up in the South, man, and half the guys at my school had that John Deere cap. Why are they promoting John Deere? You know, somebody else went to a sporty school and they had Adidas, you know, stuff that you know, people wanted to associate with that. However, uh, I'm going to say that, and I would wear a shirt with a pump. 
more than I would. Now I'm going to have to take myself out of the equation that I'm Kevin Miller, host of the Ziegler show. If I'm just a regular, you know, person out here, unassociated, the pump is more interesting than just saying Ziegler. And, and I'm going to put it back. The reason I mentioned John Rulin is he talks about as we look at our brands and look at the things that we have as a part of our business that we are promoting with, that we want people to associate with. I don't know how many t-shirts I've gotten, literal story, t-shirts sent to me. I'm so sorry for those of you who did this and, and are hearing this now, but if the show, if your company is blue widgets and you send me this t-shirt that says blue widgets on it, why am I going to wear that? What story is that? What am I going to tell? Oh, that's interesting. Blue widget. What's that? Uh, it's blue widgets. They sell blue widgets and I'm wearing the shirt. I don't need a shirt that much. I have unfortunately given a lot of new shirts to Goodwill uh, as opposed to one that says something on it that I want to associate or has an image on it that has a good story behind it that I want to associate with. Uh, John is famous for sending Cutco knives to people. So I have an entire set of expensive Cutco knives. But what's interesting is when I pull the knives out, they have an engraving on them. That engraving does not say John Rulin. It does not say his company. It does not have his logo on it. It says Kevin and Terry Miller, custom engraved for Kevin and Terry Miller. That's a, so when people pull that, actually, that, they don't even have to pull it out. They come over. Sometimes they'll, they'll mention, ah, oh, nice knives. And I pull that out and say, hey, check this out. Look at that. And I tell the story about what? About John Rulin. And his book, Giftology, and his company uh, that does this. So, you know, to be careful. Now, you have, with Ziegler, with the pump, created an image that in and of itself does fork the crowd that knows it. It stands alone. So I, uh, I was going to think, I don't, have a, I don't have a pump shirt. We need a pump shirt or a pump hat. We need hat. a pump shirt. We need a pump shirt. We do. We do. Uh, we'll work on that and get a pump shirt because it has a story that I want to associate with, not just because it's Ziggler, but the pump. Now, you don't know the story about the pump. Okay. Here's, here it is. And I can tell it legitimately because I remember my grandparents who had an actual pump like that, but I can tell about it and say, man, that's business. And I do like to associate with business and entrepreneurs and tell that story. Uh, so there's a, that's worth the price of admission. Just talking about the pump as a brand because of what it stands for, which is the message that we started off for. And this is just a brilliant show, Tom. I know. We're good. Un unbelievable. It is. It's unbelievable. I don't have anything more to add to it. That was great. A lot of people did, uh, you know, again, just responded about, yeah, the, the start of that. Now we did have, you know what? I'll, I'll add one more thing here. We did have some people talk about, my gosh, yeah, starting it was hard, but continuing and growing it was just as, as hard as well. And, you know, I get that, but generally it's a different world. I mean, when you're starting a business, you're generally more on your own. You're wearing more hats. Once it gets going, there's a lot to do though. My little pushback, Tom, with that is often when I find people who have a successful business. Now there are some that become workaholics and it owns them. And yet, well, for one, I'll say that those people, they were workaholics anyways. They did the same thing in their regular job, their corporate business. They, that's who they were anyways. They just brought it over to entrepreneurship. So I'm going to separate that out a little bit. But most of the people I find, they enjoy it. They're having fun. And so they want to put more in. It's not a drudgery. Oh my gosh, this stupid business that I started that's going like gangbusters. Oh, it's terrible. I'm working day in and day out. They may poke at it a little bit, but they're actually loving it. One or two, what I find out is like me, they also now are putting so much more time into 
their interests and personal life and family that now they're able to do in and amongst their work. They're able to bring their personal life and integrate it with their work. They're not going and clocking in. And this isn't just a pitch for self-employment and entrepreneurship being better than being an employee, but it is a piece of what I see that I'll see people who maybe weren't allowed to integrate their life into their work as much. Now they come over here and they're able to. So when I put in a long day and it's, oh my gosh, 10 hours sitting at the desk or whatever, man, I spent some time, you know, planning the next vacation, talking to the kids and texting them, looking at a new mountain bike part that I want because I can, I'm my own boss. So am I working the whole time? I, I've now integrated my life and it's made for uh, beautifully busy. How's that? Is that fair? That's fair. And I love the word integrated. I love that word because you know, it's an ebb and flow. It's, yeah. it's, you know, sometimes it's 10 hours a day. Sometimes it's just running smooth and we got, we can just leave. We can go have some fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that we teach business owners is you, you, you build the business to sell and then you keep it. Meaning you grow it, you, you bring it out of its infancy, you get everything going, and then you develop leaders inside the business who can take over different functions to the point where you're not like, like Michael Gerber says, you're not you're working right. in your business, you're working on your business. All right. And a lot of people go, well, how do you do that? That's not possible. Or I love being a technician. I love doing the work. Well, even, even if you love doing the work, build it to sell. And then you can work when you want to. You can, you can do the work when you want to. And, but how do you get to that level? You, it, the business, whatever you do, whether it's a career business, whatever your uh, economic engine is, what's the why that drives it? Yeah. What's the why that drives it? Because anytime it starts getting tough or it becomes a pain or, oh, no, I got to learn something new or I got to fill that position or anything that is kind of off-putting, as soon as you understand what the why is, that gives you, you go back to your why. It gives you the passion to go and do that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, you said we get to leave and go have some fun. Can we go leave and have some fun? Let's have some fun. Okay. Let's do it. Thanks. Friends, I hope this episode has you thinking about persevering in your efforts, when to pivot your methodologies, and how you can find and harness a pump for your compelling business brand, your icon, that thing that people want to associate with, and what the meaning is behind it, of course. Coming up in episode 917, we're talking about innovation. And here's the thing, though. While innovation sounds cool, I find it's actually not very intuitive. I mean, we spend all of our time trying to figure out what works, right? And we have success and voila, and we want to stay there. It makes sense, right? And yet in business today, we're often, we're generally not allowed to. We need to innovate. And we even talk about it in your personal lives. And I brought in an industry expert, actually an innovation expert. So you're going to enjoy this episode because it's relevant to us all. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.